This is exactly right. <laughs> are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim. Give us a time and date. Terminal and gate. We want to send you off in style. We want to welcome you back home. Tell us all about it. Were you scared or was it fine? Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgariff. Oh, I have so much to report. Canada. Is it about Canada? (laughs) It is. (laughs) Mostly? Did you know that Justin (laughs) Trudeau has been asking... Oh, I do know a little bit about about Canada. Yeah, Did well, there's a lot. Me? There's a lot of right wing uh, folks that are saying uh, this is the virus is uh, meant to exterminate specifically white people because you talk about what you know up in Canada. <laughs> and he's he asked them. I saw in the news. He asked them to please stop. That's what saying I know that? about Canada. My thing is, I <laughs> saw that there was um, truckers trying to unite against you know, fear, what it feels like to me, fear. But um, I think deep down they're jealous of his just high, tight ass. Justin Trudeau has one of the greatest asses in politics. How have you seen his ass, Karen? Friend, it has been made available to me. (laughs) Really? You got some body shots? Well, not bare, but I mean, like, you know, people have commented when he's like, I don't know, makes a speech and then turns around to everybody like, am I right? You guys behind me? Sorry, I wasn't uh, listening. I'm trying to Google Bear Trudeau butt shots. It's not, I'm not saying bear. Yeah, wait a minute. I'm, I got I'm, put on a, a government watch list. A Canadian watch list. Yeah. They're very nice about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I didn't really have anything to report. I'm glad you came in with that Canada business. Chris, I'll always support you and then totally derail you. You know that about me. I know. It keeps me on my toes. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, Are, is it time? It is time. You know, we did our um, get to know each other as hosts, get to be re- reacquainted. <laughs> After eight years. Yeah. Yes. And uh-huh. uh, I'm very excited about our uh, guest today. I was... The feeling I had when I saw his name pop up in the email was, first of all, let me just say it, relief. Yes. Because I said, no heavy lifting on this one. Right. Giggles abound. Not that anyone's been difficult, but it, it you do no, have... No. Yeah, it's like when you don't know someone at all, we get a little nervous. We admit that. We usually open in by saying, we don't know this person, so we're scared. 
We're scared. <laughs> we don't want them to not like us. There's right. all kinds of junior high elements coming into play. Not today. With Chris Garcia, I know I can't fuck it up. Hell yes, ladies and gentlemen. He plays clubs and colleges all over the so country. So many colleges. You know him. You love him. It's Chris Garcia. Chris Garcia, everyone. I say nothing for five minutes. So. Uh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me back. Nice to see y'all. Um, it's great yeah. to see you. Actually, great to see you. The, you're one of the most recent people I've seen as far really? as guests go. Yeah, you were. We were at Little Joy. You had just done. One of your uh, one of your shows there, and we sat for a minute recently. I, oh, that's right! It, it was, felt so normal. Yeah. We had like a late night hang. Yeah, it was one of the one of the few late night hangs. It wasn't even that late. It was probably till eleven or something. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, a hangout after a show, and we just sat at the bar and talked and talked to some, I think, random people until like. Yeah, 11. It was so nice. I think it was the only time I've done that after a show yeah. in the last two years. And I'm glad I did it with you because it was so fun. Yeah. Can you fun. just go over a couple of the stuff, things you talked about? Because that oh, sounds like a dream. Yeah. Let, what did we talk about? Just we, chitting and chatting? We talked. Oh, Ketchups? boy. Nothing stands gossip, out. I'm not saying it, it wasn't good conversation. <laughs> it, was just, yeah. it was just on to the next decent topic so nothing really stood out right it was we, an easy conversation and it was fun i don't remember any of it we talked yeah. about having the f same first name <laughs> you did not we we because yeah. it's third grade yeah yeah i'm like did you ever get a nickname or were you the one that was always designated as chris when you're hanging out with four other we have a very common name for our uh age bracket you have yeah. a lot of chris friends right chris I have a lot of Chris's. I'm well, we talked about this for at least 45 minutes today, but I'm Christian and you're a Christopher. Right. Which, uh, right. Which, you know, it's, a, it's slightly different, but um, a lot of Latino Christians, a lot of Latino followers of Christ. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> maybe people who aren't as committed as Jesus uh, will go by Christian. I think I've, that's what it is. But, I, it's yeah. one of my favorite things in the world that people actually have the name. And when I, as I read it as a white girl from a farm, it's like, and, you know, Marie and Jesus. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus yeah. is going to be there. This is amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. A lot I, of pressure. I like, a lot of pressure. My name altogether, Christopher James Fairbanks often gets cut off on a, on a ticket or something, a, a airplane ticket. Is that what they're called? Uh, and so. some, I really, I feel like I can't, uh, <laughs> I'm not worthy when it gets, it's abbreviated to Christ. I just don't know that I have <laughs> yeah, that it's, quality, it's, but I'm a Christopher, of course, Christopher being the patron saint of, I believe the ocean in Hawaii. I got a little tiny medallion that had St. Christopher on it and Ironically, lost it swimming in the ocean. What does that mean? <laughs> what does it mean? I, I'm not going to argue you. Right. That's rude. It's a podcast. Who cares? But as a Catholic, yes. a forced Catholic, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say the first thing that St. Christopher is a patron saint of is the ocean first, only because right. it's ironically, patron saint of lost things, right? Or is it driving a car? Or, or is it coincidentally? Is it or is it... <laughs> I believe there was a list, and I had to Google until I finally found Ocean on there. 
Oh, you were picking and choosing. Yeah, you were being a cafeteria yeah, Catholic yeah, about there, what? There's <laughs> he's the saint of a lot of negative stuff, and then all of a sudden the ocean. I'm like, okay, I'll hang with that, but not, you know, the saint of uh, lies. I think was one of them. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I'm like, saint I'm not of gonna, lies. I, I you so. mean Satan? I think I'll like say storyteller. <laughs> But my dad always taught me, like, it's okay to lie if it makes the story better. So I became a liar. I lie a lot for a living. Uh, I am lying right now. I never the lost a necklace st- while swimming in the ocean. Oh my the gosh. The saint of lies. Stor- <laughs> there's no, there's no, I will please, find it. Please, St. Christopher, help me think of a good lie right now to get out of work. Oh, please, oh, please, St. Christopher. Please. Catholic lies when I was a kid. Um my parents lied about where we live. So we can go to this Catholic school. We Ooh. lived in Inglewood, but there's a Catholic school in Westchester that they wanted me to go to. So we had, I had to get baptized. And so they had to bring my, um, my, my I just showed up with my parents to get baptized on a Saturday for this <laughs> priest. And the priest said, um, where are your um, godparents? And then oh. my dad came back with my sister, who is 18, <laughs> and our 50-year-old mechanic. <laughs> yeah. Did he just... and, and they were like, there here they, they are. are. Oh, my God. And so we lied just so I can go to the school. But that felt like even as a little kid, I mean, Catholic Church is creepy and where you get baptized, whatever weird, that weird creepy room is. But having my parents lie in that situation, Oof. I still feel it. If I if I could I could picture that room and feel that lie that this this guy named his name was Wicho. Jesus, <laughs> it was my sister Laura, eighteen maybe tops, fifty year old mechanic who had a, he had uh, he had his um his garage was in his actual garage, so he ran a he was like a car mechanic out of his house named Weicho, who was like just came from his mechanic shop, like he was covered in <laughs> like oily like, rag that he oily sticks in his rags and stuff, and he's like okay, and I was like what the hell is this? And my parents, and my dad's was like. Go along with it, fucker. This is for you to have a better education. And uh, yeah, that, that started my descent into Catholicism. It started from there because my parents really weren't Catholic. So, Oh, oh. the whole thing was a sham. The oh. whole thing was pretty much a sham. So my wow. parents, I mean, I guess they were kind of Catholic in Cuba, but they weren't Catholic in America. They're just like, we want you to go to a school where you were not going to get shot. Yeah. So we're just going to pretend and so um, <laughs> we did that for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I think Jesus knew that that was a, a good lie. That was <laughs> yeah, like... yeah, Jesus and Chris's dad knew that was a good lie. <laughs> it was worth it. You know, it all worked out in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Lying for education is okay. Did the guy, <laughs> yeah. the, I'm going to just call him a, a superintendent of this school. Did he seem to, <laughs> was he taken aback by their uh, age gap? Or was he like, oh, it's <laughs> fine. Hey. <laughs> I think it was fine. Around I don't, here, I don't we remember don't... that. I remember being like, this is weird. But then I'm sure like, they're probably like, that's how the Latinos do. You know yeah. how they do it. They... You know how they love the mechanic has to be in the family. They <laughs> yeah, love yeah, to yeah. include the mechanic in all yeah. their stuff. <laughs> yeah. So they just, I guess, just went along with it. I mean, it worked. I mean, technically, godparents don't have to be themselves like, you know, married or anything. But they are responsible for your 
basically for your spiritual lifestyle. So you should go back to that mechanic and be like, I've lost my way and you have done nothing to help <laughs> totally. me. Yeah. And the, for minute, years. the minute he feels guilty he about is... it, that's when you ask for a free break job. Yeah. <laughs> Weecho. What's the I name? I love that. Weecho. Just Weecho, which is like a crazy nickname. My dad also called him Fail, which is ugly, which, you know, very yeah. endearing. So my dad and my sister, my dad was basically like, yeah, if I die, I mean, this mom specialist is your new spiritual dad. That's great. Good luck. That's good. Weecho's got you. Weecho got you. Weecho's long. Weecho's probably 100 years old if he's around. But oh. yeah, if you're listening, Weecho. God bless you, Weecho. Uh, thank you. We love you. God bless you, Weecho. <laughs> May the ocean bless you. <laughs> so that was here, Inglewood, as in Inglewood, Los Angeles. I don't know why I thought you were a Bay Area kid, because you just because you lived there once. That means you were born. Yeah, that's where I started comedy and stuff. But okay. I grew up. Um, I grew up down here. Oh, okay. You weren't um, born yeah. in Coit Tower. Okay. <laughs> I was not born in Coit Tower. I just assumed. That's where. That's every comic thinks. Every comic is from the city they started comedy in because yep. that's just what counts most. Yeah, there are still yeah. people that can't get over the fact I don't have a Texas accent. I yeah. was oh, there four right. I was years. Like, oh, he's from Austin yeah. or something. Yeah, no. And yeah. comedy-wise, I go along with it because if you say you're a comedian that started in Montana, no one really takes you seriously. <laughs> people just kind of drift off their eyes, just kind of flick off to the yeah. side and they start thinking about something else. Yeah, and I just assume we're on Zoom. I'm not going to take that personally. <laughs> Staring off. <laughs> amazing, uh, amazing Zoom revelation that thinking you're making eye contact with someone isn't the truth on Zoom. <laughs> no. No, I'm so uh, weird. You don't know where, which square, like say right now, Karen, which square am I to you? Bottom left, baby. You're bottom right. Hey. Chris Garcia's bottom left, baby. He's my me. bottom right, baby. You're my bottom right, yeah. What we're trying right. to tell you right now is you're accidentally using a baby filter. <laughs> <laughs> which one's the baby? I don't understand. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> am I a cat again? Oh, it's so I'm fun. So, okay. Remember that those moment, days? <laughs> yes. That, that COVID moment or that quarantine moment mm -hmm. when the man made himself a cat and couldn't stop being a cat. We were happy for the weeks. Zoom. The whole country. It was the only time we felt close again. Chris, do you know? Do you remember that story? Yes. No. There was a guy that just pretended to be a cat. No. It was on a legal procedure on Zoom. And he was right when COVID started. And he was and a his judge. Children. Or, I, yeah, he was like a. He was the the judge or the plaintiff or the lawyer. Yeah. And his children had been using the Zoom before him, so there was a cat filter on his face that he couldn't get rid of, and he was <laughs> apologizing. You have yeah. to look at the video. It's, yeah. It's so brilliant. I don't think people could laugh as hard as they can now because at the time we were all just so bewildered and freaked out yeah. that yeah. it was like, ha, 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 what's happening? Like, it, <laughs> but it really as good as it, it is now. It's, it's not just like, ha, ha, old people don't get technology. It's that at one point he actually feels like he needs to say, it's actually me, I'm not a cat. That's the best. <laughs> he actually... Felt he needed to say that. And yeah, he didn't know. Oh, that it. is so great. Yeah. Legally, this is uh, for the record, um, court reporter. I am not a cat, <laughs> technically. 
I'm the not artist is destroying cats. Oh, that's hilarious. I, I like this story. Also, there was a lady that went to the bathroom, uh, took her laptop into the bathroom because she didn't think people could see her. Do you remember that one? Are you thinking of the naked gun? Two and, <laughs> two and a half. And she pees for yes. 45 minutes. Yeah, and it was really in funny front of the, the queen. And then, Everybody listened to it. And then tries to, tries to kill Reggie Jackson. Sorry. And then she sang some opera, I think. Um, what happened? No, yeah, that was that was one where it was like, yeah, so many great things have happened on Zoom. Let's keep it positive about Zoom. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate you. Zoom, Zoom. If you're listening, Zoom. and we know you are, Chris. What's the, Chris Garcia? Chris Garcia. G. G. What up? What's G? the? Uh, do you have any favorite Zoom memories of uh, quarantine or be, <laughs> being forced <laughs> to socialize? Yeah, <laughs> they can also be terrible. Yeah, Worst yeah. or best? Come on. Top five bad. Top five good. I don't have any that I could think of. <laughs> I don't. I I didn't come prepared. I got a whole email about this uh, days in advance. <laughs> Be prepared to talk about Zoom and your favorite Zoom moments. And Bring I did pictures. Not, yeah. yeah, did not. I don't. I can't think of any. Yeah, but you do. You have a new babe. Well, new to me, baby. You have a is she, she a Sunny a toddler? Uh, she's she turns one on uh, <gasps> Sunday. So not so, quite toddling. No, not quite toddling. Still <laughs> yeah. still a baby. Almost almost a one-year-old. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. That's yeah. so exciting. Is, do you think that's part of the reason you don't have any Zoom memories? Is I you're... don't have any memories. Because <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing else matters anymore? Everything is gone. No, I'm just so exhausted. I have no memories and nothing else matters. Uh, no, it's really uh, it's really sweet. And uh, I, I, while we're at it... We're all been in home forever, locked in home. It's not like it wasn't the worst time to have a baby. So I just feel lucky to be able to see her all the time. And hang yeah, yeah. It ended, in the beginning when I remember joking about how it was terrible timing, but it, yeah, it was the best timing, well, it turns out. Yeah, well, it turns out that every time is a terrible time to have a baby. Right. <laughs> it's really, whoa, wow, what a, what a hard, relentless responsibility it is. But uh, no time is really a good time. Uh, but this, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's been a fine time. It's, she's really sweet and it's nice to spend a lot of time with her. And uh, yeah, she's a real, real, real kooky, cool little kid. Here's my question. This is amazing follow-up. This is going to be great. Oh, I can't wait. Did you... Does your sister Laura? I also have a sister Laura. Did your sister Laura have any kids? Like, do you have any experience with kids? Is this the family's first baby? Like, what's this? What's Sunny's status? Well, as a Latino man, I've been an <laughs> uncle since I was ten. So I've been uh, an uncle many times over. Um, my grandma's seventeen years old, and so uh, I have a lot of experience with uh being uh you know, around kids my sister oh, has great. three kids and um i've been an uncle for a long time and my mom now fourth grandkid she's like i don't give a shit <laughs> she like holds the baby just like she holds it just like it's a a plastic bag filled with dog food or something <laughs> random like she doesn't even i'm like mom you're holding her on she's like they're fine she's like she just does not she does not care. Uh, she's just, uh, all she wants is for her to get her ears pierced, which is so, <laughs> so classic. Yeah, why uh, is that? Grandma. So classic. That's Latina, Latina babies. 
Yeah, right? Latina. Like we brought her home from the hospital, and she was like, "Oh my God, where's her earrings?" And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, she was she was just born." She was like. They have a service at the hospital. Like, they have a whole immigrant wing for this. Where you can just go, a lot of Italian and Armenian babies are there. You're out, You're in and out in five minutes. And uh, That's... it's funny, we have an Armenian, uh, like, podiatrist is how they are. And uh, pediatrician. I think, yeah, and, that's feet. Baby uh, there's feet. There's a wall, Baby wall of earrings. A wall of earrings that you can buy for when real? you visit the doctor. Yeah. Why is that, I wonder? That is so curious they to look me. so cute. Yes, it they looks look... so cute. I get, okay. Are I you sure your mom doesn't you could secretly... also tell that it's... Go ahead. No, I just wondered if she secretly works at Claire's in the mall. Because <laughs> yeah. they make a lot of She's... earrings for babies. And I always thought, what a weird business. But I didn't know there's so many grandmas clamoring for pierced baby ears. I, she's really all about it. She bugs me about it every time. And I think part of it <laughs> so is so funny. you can tell that it's a girl, maybe. I think mm-hmm. that's important to like, hey, this is a girl, not a boy. Because they're all bald for a while. Right. And uh, But then, I don't know. She It's very important for my mom for this to be a girly girl. And it's, I, I, I don't know. She's It's not even really her vibe. But I, I, who knows. <laughs> but my mom also bought her um, baby cologne. Um <laughs> Like a Cuban style baby cologne that's called, um, what's Is it called? Real? Rosas y Violetas, <laughs> Violets and Roses. And it's this purple, it's like, it looks like it's antifreeze or something. <laughs> and it's a Cuban baby cologne, as if, like, if you wonder how uh, someone turns into Pitbull, it could be because of baby cologne. But on the back of the package, it says, um, keep out of reach of children uh, flammable like it's like <laughs> and my mom's like you have to put baby cologne on the baby um it's really crazy also i you know obviously it's a you know whatever it's a tradition or if it's if it's what your family does or whatever but there are a few things that smell as good as babies just right. naturally yeah why it's would you whole, want to cover that? Up? Yeah, it's a whole evolutionary adaptation. It turns out they uh, what babies smell good. They smell like little muffins, so you keep them around and you want yeah. to care for them. That's yes. why they do that. And my mom is like, "Fuck that! I want her to smell <laughs> like she's going out to a club and trying to fuck some chicks. <laughs> like that's what my mom wants her to smell like." I'm like, "Mom, they smell good already." She's like, "Nah, not as good as Violetta's." <laughs> yeah, yeah, not as good as Violetta. Uh-uh. We want this kid to attract members of the opposite sex yeah. at whatever. Where, one yeah. years Where do old? you get these high-heeled shoes for baby? Come on, let's get it happening. That's the next step, is the high heel. I don't know. I wonder, too, because um, my niece is half Irish, half Mexican. And yeah. when she was born, she had like a 65-year-old retiree's head of hair. It was so funny. We couldn't control it. She, My sister had to like slick it down constantly. <laughs> and I wonder if that's... Um, like she came out of the womb with this little cap of black hair <laughs> <laughs> that was so hilarious. And I wonder if that too is like, they immediately have this cute, almost like a Louise Brooks bob. <laughs> and little gold earrings are the perfect accessory for that automatic hair, that haircut that they have. So 
I don't know. I mean, that's, I totally support the airing side, even though I know there's lots of people who are like, why would you do that to a baby? It's like, it only hurts for a half an hour. And then it's so cute because they're <laughs> tiny and yeah. they're like, it's you, so perfect. You but, know what? But cologne is next level. <laughs> that's a whole next level. It's next level. <laughs> yeah. I, the more we're talking about it, the more I'm really on board with babies and earrings. Now that I'm thinking, like my my good friend Ross, his baby, the the patch of hair that he was born with was in the back. So it was just like a mullet that was there. <laughs> and wouldn't that look cool with just one earring, like a, <laughs> like a George Michael Faith cross, just yes. on one ear, like the coolest baby ever. That's and you don't cool. want to put the cologne on that baby because he smokes <laughs> cigarettes. That's how <laughs> yeah, cool that, he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but also if you give your baby baby cologne, you are probably actively smoking. Like if you don't, yeah, like yeah. that is just a fire hazard. That it's is dangerous. <laughs> well, Sunny is bald on top, and she has a straight up mullet. She has like a sandy blonde yeah. mullet, and now you can't put the earring on that because she'll look like some. Like 1990s minor league pitcher that <laughs> yeah. doesn't wear underwear. You know what I mean? He's like, hot, hot Rod Jack, like one of those white trash Tiger King baseball players from the 90s. That, yeah, just, oh, yeah, God. that's not a good look for N- my daughter. Now I want them to make jock straps for babies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I just, now I just this want. Is, it's a whole fascinating world that I think once parents get into it, like, well, I don't know anything about this, not except for through my sister. Like, I know that um, on my sister's husband's side, they wanted Nora to get earrings really young. And my sister was kind of like, it just seems, you know, like, let's hold off or whatever. <laughs> like, she she kind of kept it at bay. But I was like, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm into it. But that's the only, other than that, I wouldn't know anything about any of that stuff. Which I bet it's like, if people weren't so exhausted who had babies, they would be they would report be reporting back much more of the insanity because now babies are marketed to in such an, a crazy way. Yeah, it's nonstop. It's yeah. just like a whole. It's it's taken over my algorithm and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's no longer comedy clips and stuff. It's like here's a a wood. If your baby doesn't play with this wooden toy, uh, <laughs> it's gonna you know be uh, bad at math. Yeah, yeah be bad at math. <laughs> yeah. It's just like no. It's like it's really scary and there's a real pressure to be uh, perfect and stuff. But my wife is like very Midwestern and very like, but uh, she's like, there's no way we're putting any earrings on her. (laughs) There's no way. Uh, Like she says, like, I guess they can grow back. I mean, your ear can grow in a weird way. So your ear earring could just be in like in a weird random part of your ear. Yeah. And then. But I had to explain to her that she had to wear the baby cologne when my mom comes over. <laughs> yeah, and I was, she's, she was like, she is not wearing that. I mean, she she basically uses just like I don't know what kind of like hippie stuff she puts on her daughter, but it's like all natural stuff. And I was like, we have to, and just I put was it like, on the clothes. Yeah, you can't be racist. He, I was like, I was like, you're being racist. <laughs> you're racist. <laughs> <laughs> you're rich. She's like, okay. And so I was like, just one spritz from far away. <laughs> <laughs> the whole house smelled for like 48 hours and then my mom didn't even notice it. Uh, like she was like i was like waiting i was like she's like oh she's wearing the violetas and she was like uh, didn't even notice it at all yeah. so i'm just we're just not using it. i'm keeping it like 
kind of as a prop because uh, it says <laughs> it says baby cologne on it. It's really funny, <laughs> and I'm just going to keep it around. Oh, I love so good. You gotta get the baby Botox, baby baby Lee press on nails. Come on, get them. Uh, all that excites me. I just love, you know, miniatures. I just, I like the shoe. I know I'm going to be into the shoes once I uh, have a baby kicking around the house. Uh, yeah, well, then, they're cool. That's even more meaningful that you, that you both you, Chris, has got to have a hang time because I bet you don't get to do it as much with, with a baby in the mix, Chris Garcia. Yeah, yeah not as much. Yeah. And it's nice. You know, I, I like, I do, but I do miss going out. I'm such been doing Santa for 15 years or something now like nighttime is just our time like yeah. it's our yeah. time like that's where we have the most fun that's where our lives are that's where we have all these fun thoughts and all this fun and so I do I I love being at home with the baby and um you know but after she goes to bed I'm like I I just want to go out and do stand up <laughs> yeah. and tell jokes well, and stuff I if it's any consolation there's not a lot of stand up going on you're missing out on one show every two weeks or it's so it's so dumb it's such a comedy mind that to see people doing comedy in other cities <laughs> during covid like risking all this covid stuff and me being like i'm not dedicated enough like i'm just not getting up enough <laughs> like it's such a sign of how this is such a mental illness i'm like i just gotta go to new york i don't know what i'm doing wasting my time here <laughs> like, i gotta like i gotta go to new york and immediately come back and be around my baby <laughs> yeah, yeah. how how involved is sunny with your your podcast about that what's the musician's name <gasps> oh I'm, I'm... yeah tell us about the podcast please oh yeah so i'm hosting this podcast called Finding Raffi, uh, which is about the Canadian children's singer uh, Raffi, who was really popular in the 70s, 80s. I know, I know. 90s. You know I know about Canada. Yeah. <laughs> I know, you know everything yeah. about Canada. Raffi, the patron saint of... <laughs> Songs for babies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, they, it's a sequel to this one podcast called Finding Fred that was this really great podcast about Mr. Rogers uh, a couple years ago. And so... This company had, um, these people had, these producers had reached out to me and like, have you ever heard of Rafi? And I was like, I just heard of Rafi for the first time last week. Like I would, <laughs> when Sunny was two months old and, um, and you know, Val, my wife grew up with Rafi and I know a lot of people that didn't. And so they're like, would you host this? And it was really nice because after my podcast scattered, which was about my dad and taking his ashes back to Cuba, all these producers were like, um, so uh, do you want to do a podcast about like the death industrial complex or like, do you want to do a podcast about grief? And I'm like, yeah, no, dude, I'm fucking crying. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sad. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to talk about my dead dad anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think about him all the time, but it was kind of a lot. And so it was refreshing that these folks were just like, do you want it? And I was like, oh, my God, scattered. I did that during this chunk of my life. And this is like a new a different chunk of my life and I could actually um it, I don't know it just seemed like a good time for me to talk to this really nice older man um about <laughs> something I love which is music and um and like being sweet to kids so, so the um, whole series is you're he's involved as well yeah I didn't know if he was alive I honestly didn't know any of this stuff and he's alive and he lives in western Canada and he's just a sweet cool little bit of like an old hippie dude yeah um and uh he's i you know i talked to him 
probably 10 times or something via mm-hmm. Zoom, just I like had all these conversations with him. And it's so interesting to talk to. He's like the Beatles of kids music. Yeah. He's like a He's huge, huge deal. And uh, he dedicated the whole podcast to Sonny. He like, Oh. He's played songs for her. Like oh, they met wow. over Zoom. And he was like, Sonny, how are you? And he like played little songs and <sighs> was just so sweet. And so um, the whole podcast is really about um, the idea of like respect and respecting children and respecting um, each other and the earth and all these things. Yeah. And um, it covers a whole bunch of different topics. And I talked to like professors about like, uh, music and child development, even like the Armenian genocide with um, Rafi's Armenian and like um, mm. just really, and I talked to like environmentalists and all these, and I talked to Ziggy Marley, uh, who's like <laughs> pivoted to like children's music. Oh, wow. And, and uh, I talked to Jacques Cousteau's grandson, uh, like all these random people about Rafi who, um, Tony Hale, Buster from Arrested Development, yeah, yeah. who's I like a big him. fan. Yeah. Um, Chris Hayes is in it and uh, just like a lot of random people who really um, love and know Rafi and um, his causes and stuff and it's been really it's what a cool time I can't believe that this just fell on my lap that I get to have like a baby that absolutely goes bonkers over Rafi (laughs) and I get to like know the guy at the same time it's really cool did anyone explain to you sorry did anyone explain like what the magic of Rafi is with kids like it's you know in the same way with Mr. Rogers where you watch that document like I tried to watch the Mr. Rogers documentary on a plane and I was crying so hard within the first 15 minutes that I had to turn it off because the man next to me was uncomfortable and I was like oh this is (laughs) this is super weird of me but what got me so bad was looking at those children looking at him the way they were like in awe like you are the most magical person in the world like did did was there any kind of background about like what Rafi's hook or like how he got kids to love him so much um yeah i we i talked to a couple different people about it and it's he's just like that like he sits in a room full of kids and they can't take their eyes off him and there's many things where like he's he's got some x factors where he's like kind of interesting looking (laughs) and uh, he's got like these big really in like engaging eyes and like a sweet he has a very sweet demeanor and a very gentle voice but from talking to like uh, musicologists, I learned that he also, since he's kind of a folk singer, he sings within a realm that like a, like scales and like modes that kids understand. Mm-hmm. So it's not like anything that's too complicated. And since he sings a lot of nursery rhymes and things are kind of simple, he's like the exact um, tone, the exact um, like he's in the perfect musical space for kids to enjoy. It's like the melodies are simple. They're pretty happy. They have a good beat. And um, also, he, he really has a gentle voice. I'll try to play new stuff. Like, I was really a snob about this. I seriously was like, only Eno for my daughter. Like, only Eno. <laughs> maybe some jazz. Maybe some jazz. Yeah, yeah. Like, just a straight-up music snob. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I'll play uh, metal machine music or something. <laughs> just being like a real uh, music uh, kind of an asshole about it. <laughs> um, and she doesn't want to fucking listen to Brian, you know? Like, maybe, like, some of the spacey uh, ambient stuff, but no interest. And it 
like really playing Raffi for her, she was just like, she'd perk up or if she was crying, she'd like stop crying. Like in the car, if she's wow. crying and I play banana phone or baby <laughs> beluga or something like that, she'll just like completely stop and just kind of like listen. I oh. don't know. Uh, I know. I don't know. There's just something really magical about him. And you could kind of hear it when you listen to his voice. Um, there's like a sweetness. There's like a, there's a real person in there. Um, one thing that I learned that I was like, this is, this is recorded really well. Like I was like, cause I was listening to like, just as music. And I was like, the music is good. There's like solid folk musicianship going on. There's even like good solos and stuff. But the way it's recorded, there'll be just like a pan out of like a kazoo over here and a slide whistle at the perfect time. Uh, and it turns out it was his first four albums were produced by young Daniel Lenoir. Who no. Is the, yeah, Daniel Lenoir, who produced U2's Joshua Tree and oh, wow. uh, Bob Dylan's uh, Time Out of Mind. He, you know, Neil Young, Emmylou Harris, like he is the greatest probably producer of the 80s, right? Um, he he was like a kid who was recording in his mom's basement in outside of Toronto um, for ten dollars an hour, and Raffi and his friend, uh, who is like this guy, this sweet Canadian, like just a, like just, this guy Ken Whiteley is like a just a sweet Canadian man. Any instrument, and this sounds like a real bro, like. He's just fucking rinsing it, dude. You give Ken a washboard and he's like... <laughs> and so Rafi got this really good guy in Ken Whiteley, who's an amazing musician, and the Lenoir brothers who were like recording in a basement with like, you know, the egg crates and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. And if you listen to those first four albums, you're like, this is recorded so well. <laughs> like, it's really crazy. And then when I found that out, I'm like, I'm not insane. Like, I'm not like, because yes. a lot of it, I was like, there's red ribbon that I'm just attaching <laughs> everywhere. And I'm like, yeah. Raffy this and this. And I'm like, oh, no wonder it sounds good. This like genius produced it. And it, and it sounds amazing. You I know? thought that guy was from New Orleans. Danielle Lenoir. I don't, maybe it's just because his name has a Frenchness to it. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, assumed. Yeah, yeah. I just assumed. Yeah, That's it sounds crazy. like it. Yeah, just a Canadian kid that just was part of the folk scene in Toronto that randomly knew Raffi's friend. It was a friend of a friend of Raffi's. And he's like, sure, I'll record it. And uh, <laughs> they just were grown men being like, okay, let's t take it again, Ken. And he's like, okay. <laughs> just like playing the fucking kazoo uh, in their 20s, but like killing it. And then... Raffi also had like um, he had a girlfriend at the time that became his wife who was like a kindergarten teacher and they had friends that were kinder kindergarten teachers. And so they all kind of informed like him on like, this is what kids like. Um, this is like this is uh, all this stuff. And so Raffi was just very thoughtful about making music for kids. And so he decided like kids should be able to listen to good music and it should be music that parents don't want to kill themselves about yeah. Um, yeah. because, you know, most kids' music is just really irritating. Uh, and so he just like let that be his guide and be like, I want to make nice music for kids and their parents. And that's like what he did. And I think that's why we're probably making the podcast is because he did such a good job of it that um, 
like yeah he was like a monster of rock but of children's music <laughs> yeah totally. he truly was like out on his own pre-wiggles like i think there's probably a whole generation of people listening to this who are just like i don't know who raffi is yeah. but like Rafi was kind of like, a, and he wasn't, no one's ever, I've never heard anyone be mean about Rafi, but he was kind of a reference joke because he was so famous as a children's music, a children's musician. Yeah, totally. Like the, the Simpsons based a uh, character after him named Rufy, you know, <laughs> like he, but he was like part of, I guess the cultural zeitgeist, probably because of Baby Beluga. Uh, it yeah. was like such a big hit. But like he, he was just like, no, no, like my, we, I called up my father-in-law just to see if he had like the tape that Val listened to when she was a kid. Um, and uh, he just like, and he's like a dry Midwestern, like Iowan guy. And he just starts like, Willoughby, Wallaby, Willoughby. And he just like starts singing the songs all goofy. And he probably hasn't thought of Raffi in 30 years or something. And he just like went right into it. Oh. It's really crazy how it's really, it really, his music has really gotten ingrained in people. Uh, and it's been, I was completely new to him because I just grew up listening to mostly, I, you know, grew up speaking Spanish and then maybe watching Sesame Street and, or just listening to what my parents listened to, which is Gloria Stefan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. I did not have, I did not know <laughs> about Rafi at all. So it was really cool to go like all in and now like have like a really insane um, psycho knowledge of Ravi. <laughs> have you finished that series or is there going to be another season or? Um, it's it's going to just be one season. Uh, the fourth one came out yesterday. Okay. And uh, there's a total of 10 episodes. And all the guests oh. have been booked because I'm, I'm just not that I'm trying to help book your <laughs> podcast, but there's so many bands like They Might Be Giants or or what was the punk band that, became yo gabba gabba that oh i forgot um the aquabats yeah oh Oh, is that them oh my gosh that's crazy a band that i've seen in missoula when i and it was like you know we're slamming into each other and they were spitting and then all of a sudden (laughs) you're seeing uh, there's just a couple of recognizable guys on that kids show but i love the people that transition uh you know from mainstream even like punk rock into making music for kids. I like when they do it when they have kids. It's like them going, okay, I was about that and that's fine, but I'm here's my evolution. So now I want my kids to like music and I can do it. So why wouldn't I do it too? Like that to me is such a lovely kind of like, instead of fighting it or like, I go, gotta go back out on the road and party with my buddies or whatever. It's like, now I'm going to do the thing that my kid will like so that it's all, you know, it's all comprehensive kind of thing. And then I think when you enter that, any kind of thing like that with a respectful intention, not to be super St. Christopher's medal about it, but (laughs) (laughs) I think little kids can sense that and feel it where it's like they're we're coming at you with a song we made for you it's not like cynical you know yeah disney where like weird little children voices are singing it or whatever yeah. i think you're right kids are super intelligent like right from the moment they're born they're just like super smart and so i think they have a good sense of what's bullshit and what's good and yeah. so raffi comes from being a legit folk singer in the mid 70s and the early 70s and he loved Pete Seeger and Woody Guthrie and just kind of wanted to do that 
for kids and you can hear it. You're like, oh, and then you listen to his guitar and you're like, that was, that was nice finger picking. Like he's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. he's not just like being <laughs> like, uh, not, not to take anything away from Elmo or anything like that. Uh, but like, it's just, it's not, uh, and sometimes he's silly and all that stuff, but it really comes from a place of genuine respect and you can hear it. But I should try to reach out to Yo Gabba Gabba and some other people that have done that just to talk about themselves and then maybe Rafi and stuff like that because it is cool when people pivot like that. Even in my own career, like I think about Sunny and stuff like that. And I was like, I want to do stuff that she's proud of. Yeah. And um, I watched this Nickelode- this documentary about Nickelodeon. I don't know if you've seen it. It's on Hulu. It's about Nickelodeon in the 90s. I forgot uh, to start watching that. It's really, it's really nice. And yeah. I was like, it would be so cool before I'd be like kids TV, Disney channel or something. Yeah. Be, it'd be so cool to work on a show that Sonny loved or like all her friends loved and stuff like that. That was yeah. just like, you know, cause really funny and talented people work on those things. I'd be like, Oh, I would be so cool to write on the salute your shorts. Yeah. Or the, you can't do that <laughs> on television of yeah. her generation and not just do whatever comedy, do something cool for kids. Yeah. I totally. I am I, with I you. I've so always cool. wanted to have a kid's show, whether it's teaching art or just letting them tell stories. There's, there's this Instagram account that I'm addicted to. It's my favorite thing where this guy is just in New York. It's usually in like Central Park and he just kids open up to him and they're so funny and he's so good at yes anding bizarre things that they say that and they have so much fun talking to him. And yeah, like we were saying, I, I can't put my finger on why all these kids like this guy. He's young. He's like in his 20s, but he's so good with kids. And it's uh, I should remember the name of it. You know what? I'm going to look it up because look it uh, up. Yeah. And you guys just talk amongst yourselves. I did um, my first job ever in comedy was um, when I I was going to Berkeley at the time and I took my first improv class. And, you know, at the end of it, um, it was like through the community theater in Albany, just north of Berkeley and uh it was like mostly adults um taking improv at a community center and we did the like the graduation show and there was this woman who was the head of the science discovery theater which was like <laughs> the science theater at Lawrence Hall of Science which is like yep. Berkeley's science museum legendary and she, yeah and she was like <laughs> do you want a job doing improv for kids and like writing plays and stuff and i was like absolutely <laughs> yeah and so um, i didn't tell her that i hadn't graduated college because i was like fuck college i'm gonna go <laughs> i'm gonna go make big bucks doing <laughs> children's improv and so my first job ever was doing uh i went back to college and stuff but like um i did improv about the human brain and anatomy and we like traveled to schools and it was like k through eight and stuff and then i also like wrote and acted in plays like um ocean powers marine man of mystery <laughs> which is based on austin powers and then oh. there was a, uh mm-hmm. it was about overfishing and plankton <laughs> and then uh, trash bridges garbage detective which was based on nash bridges this was the late uh, early two, 2000s yeah and uh, that one came out in came out in like a detective outfit and I had a recycled, uh, like a, I had a snake that was a, my friend that was uh, made out of recycled paper. And I'd come out like Humphrey Bogart and be like, San Francisco, 
a big city with a big problem garbage and then my kids would be like ah and it was really a silly job and uh but it was so fun and so sweet to get kids to like trick them into loving science and thinking about (laughs) recycling and stuff um I eventually was like, I got to do stand, I got to drop this and do stand up. (laughs) Uh, But like, it was really cool. Like, it was very satisfying to do silly, you know, silly comedy performances for kids. Well, and you, I don't, I think they're the, just like you're saying, they're super intelligent and they know they have great bullshit meters. So that's a tough crowd. You like, they're not just going to go with whatever. And if they feel uncomfortable, they can't go with you. So, you basically taught yourself like crowd work to the nth degree by doing it with kids like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's really hard. It's like a whole auditorium. Sometimes it could be a whole school. So yeah. it was like, it could be like 250 kids or something. And then I'd ask some sort of open-ended question. Like I was teaching them about the brainstem, which is the part of your brain that reminds you to breathe and have your heartbeat. So you don't have to think about it. And so I asked him, I was like, what's something you have to do every second of every day to stay alive? And this kid just stood up on his chair and was like, pray to Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I shouldn't ask open-ended questions. I mean, I should ask more specific, maybe yes or no questions. I think that would be easier. Uh, but yeah, and then those kids, I mean, they're, they're kind of wild. So if you watch like a Rafi, to bring it back to Rafi, if you watch a video of his, he'll be at like Radio City Music Hall and there'd be mm. all sorts of kids and you could hear a pin drop. Yeah. Like it's yeah. wild. I, I'm like, I, I don't know how he does it. It's incredible. The idea of performing for kids, especially as a comic who's mostly uh, told dick jokes, I'm not, I, and I am talking about myself. There, <laughs> There's a festival in Calgary where the guy, I don't do it anymore, but they he would, there was a lot of, midday shows like he was willing to one of the shows was in a literally a moving trolley and you tell jokes to people walking on this promenade but one of them was a a kid's party in an old spaghetti factory and i (laughs) no one wanted to do it and i didn't i i don't think i wanted to do it either but it ended up being one of the funnest shows i've ever done in the end i just it just it turned into me like who wants me to eat this? And there, there was a plate. <laughs> put whatever you want on this plate. And they put salad and mustard and spaghetti and like pizza crust on it. And I would eat it. And they were all cheering. But I never, they were so, I had their attention. And, and also I realized I have a bunch of jokes that are for kids. Like any pun type joke that has always, you know, made other comics roll their eyes. Especially when I first started, these kids loved it. <laughs> and I've always loved the idea. I want to do, even if it's adult stand-up, I want to do a show for a, a theater filled with just kids. Maybe their parents too, so it's not kind of weird or illegal <laughs> or whatever. But I, I At least think, tell them they're there. Yeah. Yes. I, I think depending on what you do, they they can be even more captive. Uh, uh, not captive. Uh, <laughs> I mean, captivated? attention. Atten- captivated. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. not saying. <laughs> I want to keep them in a pen during it's an intermission. It's strange how you're telling us the plan of you kidnapping 200 hear children. Hear me out. Hear me <laughs> out. They're in many. their own cages, and I'm giving them hope through comedy that one day I'll let them out. 
Where do you have space like this? It's it's, it's a it's a it's a warehouse downtown. I have the it's keys. It's a logistical nightmare. <laughs> yeah, this no, crime. Now we bust them down there. Uh, I just <laughs> check, make sure they have a permission slip. It's gonna work. I, I, it's gonna work. It's gonna be great. My sister is a is a grammar school teacher for. She has been for like th- over thirty years. She's really good at it. She's really good at it. But one time I went to her classroom to go like because I was driving up from LA. So I just went straight to her school or whatever. And I walked in and they were like, my sister goes, okay, look at the, who do you think this is? And, and three of the kids go, and they were like first graders. They go, Madonna. <laughs> like, Why? No, what? It was just like, I was exotic because I came into the room as a surprise or something. It was just hilarious. But um, I know I love, I love like, we've talked about this, but my favorite is like little kids that get the attention that they want, you know, like get when adults are smart enough to know that if you can have a great conversation with a kid, if you just like the most irritating thing to me of like current parenting habits is when you're trying to talk to someone's kid and they interrupt an answer for the kid, like you're they're the fucking publicist or I'm like, I'm not talking to you. I don't yeah. give a shit. Like, I don't want to hear your version of when they you guys went to Disneyland. Yeah. I want to hear their version of it. Like, what are you doing? Why, yeah. would, why would you answer for your... And then they get all, like, you know, detached and, like, screeny and whatever. I've to, no, no. Yeah. I've, yeah. The, the same thing. But it's usually, and I'm not kidding, it sounds like a I do, t- even on an airplane, if a kid's playing peekaboo or whatever, I will engage with that kid. And <laughs> and the parents are always like, who are you even looking at? Stop looking at him, Kayla, yeah. or whatever. It's like, fuck you. I'm not, I'm no interest in, in playing peekaboo with you, sir. You're my age. I this think is between me and the kids. It's if you want to do that, right. then you can't have that mustache. Yeah, isn't it weird? It's like yeah, I mean, it's, it's I think. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean I just my two cents. Yeah. And I'm also usually wearing clown makeup. I don't know. <laughs> I just, clown makeup and a mustache that's a <laughs> that's a no no combo for a yeah. kid well, no white, way I, that white on the hair yeah <laughs> I just don't yeah, I put it on so adults don't talk to me on airplanes but, <laughs> but I'll talk to the kids any any day yeah. <laughs> uh, well that's awesome that podcast truly sounds great it's yeah. such a great idea yeah thank you it's a lot of fun um, it's just been it's a, a really and it's really like wholesome. It just feels like a nice time to talk to him about nice things and just kind of remember that we should all be respectful for each other. That's like at the core of it. And it's just, it just, for me, it's felt nice on a personal level just to kind of think about these things. And yeah. Stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. It's a, it's high time. It's, it's really, time. it's high time. And I that. hate to read, that is how these, these Instagram, these interviews with this guy, I can't, the, this is obviously why people hashtag videos. I follow this guy <laughs> I can't think of his name or his account's handle right now, so I can't find the videos. And I've tried to look up kids interview, and there's a lot of great kids interview bands. I want to. I already subscribed to that, but I can't is it find rec- it. Chris, it, is it recess therapy? 
It is recess therapy. Why, you, you, you knew this whole time. Recess no, no, no. therapy. That's that's our great producer, Casey O'Brien, in the chat helping you out. We were just I just noticed that there was a chat message and I figured there he must have looked it up. Yes, it is. Re- Thank you, Casey. That's good detective work. I don't know how you did it. Uh, <laughs> but yes, recess therapy. Follow it. It it made it makes me feel great. And uh you know, it's, it's sometimes there'll be a kid that's a little unhinged and I, you know, you get a little <laughs> nervous, but it's in a, it's in a, you just worry about his future is all. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, he's, it's, it would be such a fun gig and I didn't know that I wanted to do that, but I'm just going to steal his idea. You're, you'd be good at it. I think you'd be very good at it. I've gotten messages from people that have said, have you thought about doing this? I don't know what it is about me, but you're right. I just got to shave and get out there. (laughs) (laughs) Stop wasting what I have, my talents (laughs) on an airplane. It's true. To go tell jokes to drunk adults. I'm tired of it. Sober children. That's the future (laughs) comedy. Chris Garcia, do you have any uh, other plugs or any stuff you need to talk about, you know, while you're oh here? Oh, my Lord, the time flew by. I you know, know went this by is so it. fast. I, went, I can't believe it's been an hour. Um, I, no, you know, just finding Rafi. Um, I think that would be great. I have some dates coming up on the road find, uh, that I'm very excited about. Um, you probably find out about them on my um, Instagram, which is radtuna. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so dumb. Rat tuna. Yeah, yes. that's, that's his handle. Rat tuna. <laughs> it is, right? It, it really is. Yeah. And do listen to his uh, previous series called Scattered, which uh, I haven't yet, but I'm telling myself this is me talking to myself. <laughs> well, Shave but that this mustache is... and get to it. I feel like, and, you know, I was on it, so I don't feel like I have to feel bad about this, but it's very difficult for people who have, I think, you have to be at a very certain point in your Alzheimer's, in your family journey to right. listen to other people talk about theirs. Because yeah. it it's really hard. And when I was on Chris's show, we were crying within like five minutes. It felt like there. it was one of those things where it's like, you can talk about it to a point, yeah, but it really is. I mean, that's I. I believe you. That podcast won awards, didn't it, Chris? It was like it, when it came out. It was a popular one. Like Time Magazine called it like one of the best podcasts of the year, and a yeah. bunch of people like that. Um, so really yeah, I got a lot of press. Done. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, but it, it was, is. If yeah. you're in a in a space <laughs> like a, where I mean, it's very heartfelt, sweet, and there's really funny moments. But like, um, I think there was uh, who's the old guy who played Hannibal Lecter. Um, Anthony Hopkins? Anthony Hopkins had a dementia movie recently, and I was like, I'm sure it's great. Yeah. <laughs> like, I yep. can't. I yep. can't watch it yet. You know? Yeah. Uh, like, I'm not ready for it. Some things I can, but with that, I'm like, I don't need to... It's been five years yeah. now, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever do it. I know. For it, real. You never know when something's going to get you. Like, I, whatever Planet of the Apes movie where... James Franco's dad is played by John Lithgow, and that's what he's researching and trying to come up with that makes yep. all those primates go crazy is, <laughs> is Alzheimer's treatment. And I was crying. I was the only one in the theater crying. Yes, I went to a theater to watch uh, Planet of the Apes <laughs> 3. Yeah. Uh, but uh, John Lithgow, they, they nailed that part of it. Yeah. Uh, and it was very realistic. Uh, and I, yeah, I was just sobbing openly. You never know <laughs> yeah. when you're going to cry. 
I I was tricked into <laughs> going to see The Notebook <laughs> in the theater and I had, did not know what it was about. I just thought it was like a rom-com. And I'm like, oh, I love Ryan Gosling. This will be great. Yeah. And by the end of the fucking movie, because it, it actually kind of like the way it's set up, you you don't, I didn't see it coming. The I was kind of distracted or whatever. And when I finally understood what the fuck was happening, I couldn't stop crying and when like truly the lights came up in the theater and I was just sitting with my ex, like sitting there sobbing into my hands. <laughs> and I was so embarrassed because it was also, I was in it. It was, my mom was still alive. So it was like really bad. It was very bad. Yeah. And, but then when I finally got myself together just to get up and leave, I looked behind me, it was at the arc light and there were like pockets of people doing the exact same thing. So yeah. I, then I was like, oh shit, this happens to so many people. And like, this is so fucking awful. But it, yeah, I think <laughs> I'm so mad at the at the marketing of that movie because it was just like, yeah, there's a little, there's an Easter egg in here that you're <laughs> yeah. not going to see coming. And if you're in a bad spot, yeah, <laughs> like it's going to knock you on your ass. Yeah, maybe, maybe the safe uh, instruction to give everyone is like, if you have lost... Uh, a parent or a loved one to dementia and it's been a while please listen to <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. that should be part of the uh, rating but system but hey you're, at, you're not in a theater yeah you can cry yeah sometimes <laughs> yeah. it feels I mean sometimes it's good for you to do it it's like yeah. good for you to process because it's so it's so hard yeah you gotta let it out well, yeah. it feels good I'm glad all three of us went through that and uh, we just talked about it with none of us crying. Isn't that hey, nice? We did it. Yeah, we Look did at it. us. Yeah. Look at us now. I mean, we went a whole hour without me crying and I'm not even talking about podcasting. <laughs> oh, for, I'm just talking, yeah. Never too. happens. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. Whether I'm cooking or riding a bike, I can't make it an hour. Uh, well, thanks. This felt like a real life hangout. Uh it felt so nice. Thank you for um, letting me come on here and talk about the podcast and just speak with you. It, it's always so nice and it's so nice to see yeah, you. Yeah, great to see you too. Thank you so much for doing it. Yeah, and we I, got to see your baby real quick. They yeah. walked through the room. It was I don't so know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In here. Just awesome. big with big, long, dangly earrings. I really think the <laughs> ones for today are Huge too much. Hoops. She waited. She's like, I'm going to do it when he's recording. <laughs> and I could smell the Drakkar <laughs> from here. Violetta's left and right oh. through the Zoom. <laughs> You've been listening to Do You Need a Ride? DYN. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced by Casey O'Brien. Mixed by Ryo Baum. Theme song by Karen Kilgareth. Artwork by Chris Fairbanks. Follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dynar Podcast. That's D-Y-N-A-R Podcast. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Listen, subscribe, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Oh, and you're welcome.